What a thrill to be with you this morning. And uh, yeah, we were married here at Redeemer in 1983, Sandy and I were, and um, brought two kids with us at age two and four to, to Lima, New York, to go to Elam Bible Institute and College. And uh, our youngest, Joe, was born in New York. You haven't met him uh, yet, but... Um, the thing about Western New York is we have a joke there that there, there are two seasons in Western New York. There's, there's winter, and then there's the 4th of July. And, um, but he, you weren't kidding when you said, you know, you, Gary Larson, my goodness. <laughs> it's really you. <laughs> Before being here, I heard about Redeemers North, and I was living in the north side of the city, working at the Department of Natural Resources on Morse Road, and, um, and uh, we went to Redeemer North, God knit us in there. Gary, just, I was just a young believer, and Gary poured his teaching into my life uh, before I met Sandy, who was a part of Christian Community, was that the name of it? And uh, so together, instead of, uh, the Lord spoke, said instead of her trying to adapt to my church or me adapt to hers, we started somewhere new, and we started here at Redeemer in 83, and stayed here till 89. Um, you can't just be left alone. Where's Paul Mikesell? My first ministry here at Redeemer's Church, Paul, is your fault, because he came up to me and said, you know, we were just newlyweds, and he says, you'd be great in the nursery. <laughs> and I'm like, I never changed a baby's diaper in my life. Give me a chainsaw, I can cut down some trees, but change diapers, I don't, I don't know what that is. He says, oh, it's nothing, they'll, they'll train you, we'll train you, it'll be great. And so that my first ministry at Redeemer's Church was in the nursery. And then somebody recruited us to do fifth grade Sunday school. And that really helped our marriage join, pull together because we were so different and we didn't have a clue what we were doing. He's like, here, you'll do it, here's the curriculum, good luck. And um, so Saturday, every Saturday night was a big argument because, about how to do this. But God just, God just helped us and met us in the middle of that. And he met some kids, too, so that was really cool. Uh, but the Lord brought so many uh, great deposits in our life uh, during those years here at Redeemer. Uh, the, the missions launch came out of here. The, uh, the evangelistic vision, I mean, knocking on doors around this neighborhood around here and uh, a home group we were part of, helping at Victory Mission, and, and just, uh, just God just took the Redeemer DNA and just sunk it even deeper into us. Um, Pastor Jarvis just given us his encouragement to go to Bible college, if that's how God was leading us, releasing us, not clutching on. And, and then I remember my friend Dwight, I remember just as we were about to move, I was getting really nervous. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving my secure career going to go out to who knows what. And uh, he said, uh, you all right? And I said, I'm, I'm scared. And he said, afraid of what? I said, I'm afraid of failing. He said, fail what? You can't fail. You can, you can fail forward. You can, you'll make, we're all going to make mistakes, but just keep moving forward. God will keep, God will be with you. And, and anyway, that was just the boost I needed in that uh, kind of frightening moment. I have one very embarrassing moment from here at Redeemer's Church that I have to, M Millie, if your husband came home one Sunday in the mid-80s really grouchy, 
it was my fault. And the way it was, the Lord brought it up to me was about 10 years ago, uh, uh, I showed up early at church. Oh, well, I had been sick one weekend. I, I, uh, Friday night, I started feeling sick. Saturday, I, you know, I'm believing God. God, you're going to, you know, uh, just pray and seeking God for that healing. And uh, I believe in healing. But Saturday, it was not good. And so I thought, all right, I can't just throw this at somebody at the last minute. So I called my friend at Elam Bible Institute, Dick Grout, and I said, can you just fill in for me tomorrow? I'm, I'm sicker than a dog. He's like, sure, I, I would. And, and uh, the next Sunday I came to church early to help get things set up, meeting with the worship team, and the drummer came up to me and he said, you know, I really enjoyed Dick Grout last weekend. He said, you should let other people preach for you more often. He was, he was really good. And in that moment, you might think I took offense, but what came to me is what goes around comes around. Because in the mid-80s, one Sunday we came in and Dick Allen stood up to preach and he said Willard was really sick this weekend and asked me to fill in for him at the last minute. And I really enjoyed Dick Allen ministering that Sunday. And the next Sunday, <laughs> what idiot went up to Willard Jarvis, the apostle of the city, and said, you know... Dick Allen was really good. You should let him preach more often. You know, reap what you sow, you know. I, it, it came back. So, Millie, I wish I could apologize to the man, but forgive me. All he ever did was love on Sandy and I, and he did not deserve that. So today, I, I want to stir up your faith today um, in, in God and what will happen when we partner with Him. I don't know if you caught some of the thematic lyrics that were happening in worship today, and, and they didn't know where I was going to go with this message that's on my heart today. But some, first of all, I walk in, and Betty's speaking about the vengeance of God, and God's going um, to bring that word back to us. And then the lyrics, where can I run, where can I go, the reckless love of God, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Um, I don't know what the future of the world looks like. It may not be good, I don't, uh, but, but I know this, the future of the church is bright. Amen. Amen. And um, I, had a, I have a son, the youngest son of mine, Joseph, who's maybe the most determined, tenacious kid I've ever met in my life. He... Uh, in third grade, 9-11 happened. He was in third grade when September 11th attack hit. And as things developed and president uh, began to send troops overseas to the Middle East, my son was all about it. He said, that's what I want to do. I'm going to be a Marine. And as he grew up uh, and through middle, middle school and high school, that just didn't leave him. He said, I'm praying about what I should do, what God wants for me. All that ever keeps coming to me is to be a Marine. I want to do that. And he was an incredible athlete. He was uh, all greater Rochester in soccer. He was a sectional champion in tennis. He was a phenomenal athlete. He would go to, to sports practice after school. Then he'd go to the gym in town and lift weights to get ready for the Marines. And some days then he'd put a backpack on with bricks and walk around town to get ready to be a Marine. I'm like, Joe, you could be a phenomenal officer. Go to officer training. No, I'm going to infantry. I'm gonna go, I want him to tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. He was just incredibly... Uh, determined young man. 
He loved boot camp. Who loves boot camp? He loved boot camp. <laughs> More physical, the better. And, and then, but he got assigned to a company that had just done three tours in a row in Afghanistan. And uh, he went through six to nine months of hazing from them. He was a preacher's kid. He was the only guy in their unit that hadn't been in Afghanistan. They had severe PTSD. The sergeant that met him when he showed up said, be careful, these guys are, these guys are bad. Um, they're messed up. And uh, they hazed him. I, I, he won't talk yet about what happened in those times, but during it, we, I would call him at times, and he'd be fighting back tears, and he'd say, Dad, I got nobody here. I'm all alone. I'm around wickedness 24-7. And uh, my heart was just ripping up for this kid. Um, and eventually, it, it just broke him. And he went into years of darkness that, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassing him by saying this publicly because he shared his testimony. You can go on our church website and listen. December 22nd, Joe gave his testimony. But he went into such immorality and alcoholism and, and drugs uh, and it was tearing me up as a dad. I mean, we'd come home on leave and just seeing what a mess he was. I didn't know him. I just like, I didn't know my son. And he, uh, it, it reminds me of my, my, my grandparents. Uh, when my, my grandmother was stricken with Alzheimer and she was put in a nursing home, my grandfather moved in with her. He didn't have to. He just, he wanted to be with her. And as her Alzheimer's got worse and worse, eventually she didn't know anybody, didn't know him. And I was in their room one time when someone said, you know, why are you doing this? She doesn't even know you. And my grandfather said, but I know her. And, you know, wherever people are, whether they know God or not, God knows them. And we live in a generation that, though they're very digitally connected, they're very alone. There's a lot of anger, a lot of fear, and they don't, may not know God, but he knows them. And he needs the strength that Redeemer's Church has. He needs the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Because this kingdom that we live in is not of this world, and they're not going to be helped by the government. They're going to be, they, they need Jesus Christ, but God is going to be faithful. Um, the last time I remember such upheaval that, like we're in now was like the 60s when there was the Vietnam War, the civil rights movement, rock music breaking out on the scene, the hippie movement, you know, the, the moral revolution, it was all happening, but, and... You know, everybody wanted, can we just end this? Can we just get this over with quickly? How many times have you heard people say, I just want to get back to normal? You know what? I, 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 yeah, I'm, pr I'm praying with you for that. I would love to see that. But, but you know what? As the years went by in the 60s and the weight of the fact that things weren't getting better began to land on people, there was an incredible move of God. And there was a sweeping in, a harvest of so many into the kingdom. There are many fathers in the faith now that I know of who got swept in during that time. And so I'm believing for that again. And, uh, but but God's, God's going to require of us as the body of Christ, the church, a tenacity, a determination, a not give it up, a, a, a guarding our hearts, coming in the opposite spirit than, than the, the, the anger and, the, and the, the fear of the world. Paul said in Philippians, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, ask God what you need, and the peace of God will guard your hearts. We want to walk in the peace of God. Amen. We got to be worrying about nothing. Right. Be praying about everything and asking him for what we need and trusting him for what we need. Amen. Because that's the testimony that this world needs is a people of, 
of his peace, of his joy. And we can't, we can't walk in that if we're focusing on the news 24-7 right now. We cannot. You can't listen to two different voices and come out, uh, come out walking in the kingdom peace that this generation desperately needs. I want to read a passage from Luke chapter 11 to see what God will do when we partner with him. Luke 11, he said, he said to them, which of you will have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine's come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And I'll answer him from within and say, don't trouble me. The door's shut, my children are in bed. I can't rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, or in the original language, it means shameless persistence. He'll rise and give him as many as he needs. Listen, God hears our prayers. When this COVID thing first came up, I'm hey, God is greater than this. We'll curse this thing and it'll die up. And, and uh, you know, for a while then I'm thinking, gee, what's happening here? It's not, it, listen, God hears our prayers, but he's, he's got a, he can, throw, he can throw miracles at us so fast we can't catch it. But he's after a, a harvest that's bigger than anything we've imagined. And it took me a while to learn how to pray for Joe effectively. For a while, I was just, I was grieving over my son, and I was just crying out to God out of grief for him. And, and I, God heard my prayers, but then there was a passage that just opened up and changed my prayer life. And it comes from uh, Luke chapter 18. Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying, there was a certain city, a judge, who didn't fear God or regard men, and there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me and my adversary. But he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So the, the parable's over now, and then Jesus says to those who are listening, he says, then the Lord said to them, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? What does this mean? I will avenge them speedily. Avenge, you know, I always avoid the word, we don't want to be a vengeful people. I, I, like, I, I got the parable about being, you know, never given up, not quitting in prayer, but, but then, then this little, these few lines about God avenging his own jumped out at me. And my prayer life changed, and I started praying, Lord, I don't just want you to bring my son Joe back. I don't want you just to have him walk with you again. I want you to use my son to gut the enemy's camp. Yes. I want, I want, I'm not, I don't want to become a vengeful person, but I'm from you who promise a vengeance speedily. I want you to avenge me of what's been stolen. I want you, I want you to, I want back what's been stolen from me and my son, my family, from his, his calling on his life. I want you to avenge me of what the enemy stole. And you know, justice in, the, in, in, in our life 
and, and in the Bible. Justice doesn't mean, if you steal $100 worth of merchandise from Walmart and get caught, they don't just say, hey, um, all right, give us back the merchandise and we'll let you go. It'll all be good. Pay us $100 or give it back and we're good. No, the penalty is going to be more harsh than what you did. In the Bible, in the, in the book of Exodus 22, it says that if you steal an ox, you're going to pay back more. You, justice in the, in, in the Bible says you're going to pay back five times that. If you steal a sheep, four times that. In Proverbs it says, you catch a thief, he's got to pay you back seven times what he's stolen. That's the justice of the holy God we serve. And, 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 and this isn't about our, advers- our enemies are not flesh and blood. You know that. Our, our enemies are not people. But I said, Lord, I want seven times back what Satan stole from me. And my prayer life changed. My attitude changed. This isn't, I'm not praying out of grief. I'm not praying out of sorrow. I'm praying, God, I want something back. And I think of Hannah in the Old Testament. Her womb had been stolen from. Her womb, she hadn't been able to have a, a, a son. And she couldn't get pregnant. And she's praying, I can, I can imagine she's praying, God, give me a son, give me a son, give me a son, give me a son. And then finally she said, wait a minute. God, if you give me a son, I'll give him to you. No, God wanted a prophet. She wanted a son. God wanted a prophet. And when she started saying, I'll give him to you, then God gave him her son and more sons after that. She got back more. And so I started praying for Joe in a new way. And he, after the, he was done with his five years in the Marines, he went to the University of Mississippi. And uh, about three years or so ago, uh, you know, and I'm praying now, I'm not keeping my eyes on my son's condition anymore. I'm, I'm looking to God to avenge me of what's been stolen. And um, he had an encounter with God that uh, he shared in his testimony. I can't do the, the details of it this morning. But he had an, a, an encounter with the consequences of his own sin that brought him to his knees. And he turned to the Lord, but there was all this baggage from years of, of garbage that he'd been walking in. And he, he, couldn't, he couldn't get the strength yet to sever himself from that. And uh, so he fell back into it. Then he's feeling more disgusted with himself and more guilt and more shame. So we, as a graduation gift from college, we sent him to, uh, to over to visit his brother and sister in Australia. And he went to his brother, who took him to the Hillsong Conference there, which Joe did not want to go to. But <laughs> his brother said, well, this is what I'm doing. And you're, with, you're here visiting me. This is where we're going. And uh, he went to the Hillsong Conference. And there this kid who's feeling so dirty and filthy and full of shame, um, is in a worship service at Hillsong, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Joseph, I'm not mad at you. And he broke, and he came back to the Lord, and he came back with a fresh revelation of the grace and the love of, of his heavenly Father. And uh, now, I mean, he's calling his old Marine comrades and sharing Christ and pleading with them to come to Christ. He... Um, he, the fraternity he was a part of in Mississippi, where he was usually you know, getting drunk with them, he, he was able to go back and give his testimony to 140 guys of what God did in his life and um, led a study there in Mississippi for a while. He came home and then went and did a DTS with YWAM after that. Now he's going on to get his master's in theology because he knows God's called him to ministry. And um, have you been stolen from? 
Are there, has the enemy stolen from you? Because Jesus promised, will not my Father avenge those who cry out to him? Avenge you. Oh my gosh, I hated that. It's just not my, my, my nature as a pacifist kind of a calm guy. Is I don't, I don't want to, you know, and we're, God doesn't want us to be vengeful, but he is a God of vengeance. And the enemy came to steal, to kill, and destroy. But God wants to use you to bring life and life more abundantly to your families. I'm just pouring into you to stir up your faith today because I know if I strengthen and build up your life, it'll build up your family, it'll build up the kingdom, the church. And um, I want to close with this passage from John chapter 2. I know... You, you love our country. We're going through incredible times, but our kingdom, yes. the kingdom we're a part of, is not of this world. Yes. And, and we've got to guard our hearts and get a tenacity to hang on to the, the presence and the Spirit of God to walk in the, the, the life of Christ that's going to be such a contrast that I believe we're going to see a bigger in-gathering than we saw back in the, the late 60s when the Jesus movement broke out Amen. after years of, of, of violence and, and hatred and, and immorality. John chapter 2. Bear with me to see where I'm going with this. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And she evidently had some responsibility based on how she... she um, responded in the, in the crisis they had. But with both Jesus and his disciples invited to the wedding, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to, to you, do it. Now there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing water. You, you're probably familiar with the story. So he says, fill them with water. And they took, took the water which had been changed into wine to the master of the party and he's like, wow, you saved the best wine to, to the end. But here's what I want to focus on. Did Jesus not say, I only do what I see the Father doing? Did he not say, I only say what the Father tells me to say? Well, Jesus, who only does what the Father says to do and only says what the Father says to say, said to Mary, my hour has not yet come. Mary, something rose up inside of her, and she's like, buddy, I got pregnant out of wedlock for you. <laughs> I carried you on a donkey from Nazareth yeah. to Bethlehem. Right. I obeyed God because an angel, Gabriel, came to me and told me who you were going to be. I know who you are. Mm -hmm. That's good. I know who you are, and there's no wine. Jesus is kind of stuck here. Dad, you told me it's not yet time. 
mom's not having it. Come on. And it doesn't say in the Bible what that conversation was about or how it went or what Abba said to him. But it does say his time launched that day. He did his first miracle that day. Because somebody, I mean, she's like, you know, I've been called a lot of names because of you. And I'm done. You need to reveal who you are today. Today, we need that kind of faith and determination and tenacity to walk in the spirit in, in the most challenging times that I'm aware of in, in our history. Someone said to me recently, I wish, I wish I could have lived in the Bible days. And, you know, just heard Jesus, heard him face to face. I'm like, we are living in biblical days, man. Wake up. These are biblical days. And we got a biblical God with us. We have an enemy. He's not political. He's, he's, uh, he's got a kingdom that's dark, but it's going down. Yes. And there are two voices speaking to us. There's the voices of the news and COVID and, and uh, hatred. Or there's the voice of God. And keep your eyes on me. Trust me. Walk with me. Cling to me. Come to me. Yes. Will I find faith? When I come back, we, we, we can't respond to a carnal upheaval. And I'm not saying there's not some good coming out of some of the upheaval. There's, there's going to be some good stuff come out of it in our nation. But we can't respond to carnality with carnal responses. We've got to respond Spiritually, supernaturally. And the DNA of Redeemer's Church is we walk in the spirit. We walk in the supernatural. We're devoted to Jesus Christ. We worship. We reach out. We love with the love of God. I'm going to ask uh, Amy if you'd come back, please. You're saying, Jack, are you saying Mary changed God's timing for Jesus' ministry? I don't know. That's kind of. I don't know if I can grasp that theology. And I want to, I'm not a theologian. I'm just reading what the Bible says. And I know this: that our our faith matters yes. in kingdom things. Our determination matters. Our persistence matters. Our yeah. our tenacity matters. God will avenge His own Amen. who cry out to Him day and night. You have been given a strength our generation needs. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy in our nation. Deception, the emptiness of immorality, abortion taking out thousands a day. God's come for us to be used to destroy that kingdom and be a part of setting up his in the hearts of people who desperately need.
For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, to destroy the works of the enemy. That was a, that's a harsh word, destroy. He came to destroy. Vengeance is a, is a harsh word. But Jesus and the devil don't have a lot of nice things to say about each other. It's time as a people we walk in that kind of tenacity, that kind of faith. So I'm going to ask you, if the enemy, if there's somebody in your life that you're crying out for, seems far from God and you want to stand for them today I just want you to stand where you are if there's somebody if you feel stolen from the enemy is stolen from you or a loved one or you I, I, I love the exhortation that's been given already today if you feel like this city's been stolen from let's let's ask let's start crying out to God not with grief and sorrow when we focus on the the people and the things people are doing, we get, we, it grieves us, it's sorrowful, it, it can make us angry, but, but no, we want to respond with faith. God, I want, I want, I want back. Yes. Let's use this generation to gut the enemy's camp. Amen. Steal back from them. Amen. So, Father, we pray. You, we, just, just in your own prayer time, right now, just release the power of God to those loved ones, to your city. Release it right now and don't stop. Don't stop. Don't you ever stop looking to God to avenge you of the things that have been stolen from you. This matters to him. determined to spend some time on your knees on a regular basis he says I will avenge my own he loves you he loves you like a, a parent who has that mama bear attitude towards their kids when somebody hurts their kids you know God has a papa bear attitude towards his own when you've been stolen from he doesn't like it and if you look to him meet you. 